You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 339. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 339. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> that's right. Hello, pod people. Coming to you not live. Not live, because that's how <laughs> pods work. Oops. Don't fuck with the equipment. Sorry. Don't. Well, uh, technical with, difficulties. Don't fuck with the equipment. <laughs> so today we're actually going to do a part two that we started part one last week. The real reason why you are mad and sad dealing with everyday grief. And if you did not catch episode one, they really do need to be done kind of chronologically. So that's why we did one and then two. Is that Oh, is that how it works? <laughs> that's how it works. I thought it was 338 and 339. That was a was some woman's planning right that was there. Yeah, that was definitely woman's planning. Okay. But I appreciate it. Do you? No. So that you know, no. <laughs> so that you know the... And no. No, actually, no. I don't. I don't. I don't. So... The reason why I think it's really important for you to catch episode one is a lot of times we don't give credence to our emotions. And so much of the time when we are, not always, but so much of the time when we are extremely sad or upset and angry, there's something behind that that we may need to grieve. Definitely. And the word grief sounds so intense and dramatic and like it's about dying and stuff and it mm. really isn't it really really is not in fact i would be willing to guess that you are grieving something in your life right now and Most i know likely. that sounds crazy but that's why i think you need to listen to episode one to really understand that for sure so we're going to dig into part two which is going to be all about what to actually do about it part do part <laughs> part do but of course, before we do that. Oh, yes. We really like to warm up the mics with a segment we like to call. Would you rather? And today's would you rather is. <laughs> would you rather age only from the neck up oh. or neck down? Uh, oh, wow. wow. That's a really good one. Right? Oh, wow. Okay. Age. So your face and mental capacity would be the same. But your physicality and wrinkles and all the things that come with aging happen. Um, well, and that could be so many other physical ailments. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, there could be uh, like heart issues. There could be joint. I mean, there could be so many. A lot more can go wrong from the neck down than the neck up. Well, I, you don't know, though, because there's all sorts of. Alzheimer's, dementia, those yeah, yeah. That, that kind of stuff, too, is really, really Psychosis. scary. Which, which is why. I really want you to start using hippie deodorant. <laughs> hippie D. <laughs> I need you to get, I need you to get on that good hippie D. Yeah, I need you to get on that good hippie D. I am already on, that, on hippie that hippie D. D? I've been okay. on that hippie D for like 
21. I don't know. Years. Like a solid 35, three, 45 three minutes. Three years. <laughs> <laughs> 35, 45 minutes. I'm going to use our platform right now to discuss a marital issue that I just <laughs> would like for you to work on. No, I ordered you some. No more aluminum. That you hip, did. That hippie D is on its it. way. I'll try it. I'll it's try it. on its way to our <laughs> domicile. It's on our way into our house. But I, from now on, hippie D. So if you come back <laughs> from working out and you're like a little stinky, I'm like, you know what you need. You need some hippie D. Some hippie D. <laughs> okay. Wow. We really digress there. Okay, so if okay, Just well, a side, there's sidestep. We're back in line. There's part of me that is so vain that I think okay, keeping my face and head not aging right. would be great because there's already things that I, you know, just talking to my naturopath doctor today, she was like, part of that's just age, and I was like, boo. <laughs> No. I hate that answer. Isn't there an herb for that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there some hippie D or something? Yeah, <laughs> hippie A, B, anything. So, but then also I feel like there's stuff like with my knees that bother me. and mm -hmm. I know. It's tricky. Gosh, what would you pick? I don't know. I'm going to go. Gosh. Okay. So I am going to go from the neck down. The neck down is aging? No, it's not going to age. Okay. Yeah, I want. Oh, yeah. What's so you're going to have this ripped ass body. And age you're only be... from the neck up or from the neck down. I want to age only from the neck up. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to have like an old. I want to ass... be physically able. But your what if your head is like? I'll take my chances. You don't know. I'll take my chances. I don't know. That's why you got to get. But on there's that a lot of things that can go wrong. You can have. Uh, lung issues, heart issues, intestinal issues, um, sexual issues, yep. joint issues, muscular issues. There's so many things that can go wrong. Im immune system disorders. Most of it's going to be down well, below maybe, your neck. Maybe if I pick the other one. <laughs> We'd be one whole person. <laughs> we can We'd be one young person. <laughs> we could keep each other. Like if your body was so amazing. But your head was old and you, you couldn't remember. I'd wear a bag on my head. You couldn't remember yeah, anything. Like you're, you didn't even know who I was or something oh like God, that. Oh, my God. That's so sad. That's why you got to get on that hippie D. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm on board. I'm on board the hippie D. I know. I know. I know you are. Then, well, and then if I, if you needed help, like being led around or finding led things around. because you forgot stuff. Yeah. Okay. Then I could help you with that. But then if I was, because my mental head would be. <laughs> my but I could like physically move you around. That's probably better because you're small and I'm big. Right. So it'd be easier for me to move you around. You could physically. move like around my, my yeah, yeah. joints, but then you would also be like, damn, she looks really good in the face. Right. <laughs> Just don't take your shirt off. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's going to be like those boobs on something about Mary. Something about Mary. Oh, those are awful. I remember the first time I saw those, I was like, oh, I can't believe they showed that. <laughs> right. So risque. Oh, my gosh. All right. So we would love to hear what you would rather. And we talk about this every week over in our After Hours community. After Hours. Oh, you almost missed it. You, I did. You almost missed it. I was researching. You were doing some research? I was. I was researching grievance. Oh, you were? Mm-hmm. Over in our After Hours community, this is our Facebook group that is incredibly inclusive but exclusive. 
Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash, slash club. And on Mondays, we discuss the Would You Rather. And Mr. Smith will crack the whip if you try to loophole and say, neither one. That does not work for me. He's like, such a cop out. That's not how it fucking works. That's not a would you rather. That's a, I'm going to choose my own. Yeah. And that is not what the segment is called. Do you hear a jingle that says, I'm going to choose my own? Yeah. Would you rather or either? (laughs) (laughs) Or neither. (laughs) That that is not the name of the game. That's not the game. It certainly is not. Not even close. Not even close. All right. So we are going to jump into grief and talk about good grief, (laughs) dealing with everyday grief. And I specifically wrote every day because I think we oftentimes, as I mentioned last week, we reserve it for death or something really egregious like a severe diagnosis or maybe a divorce. But for many of you out there, especially if you are in the throes of extreme anger or sadness, for instance, if you have a lot of anger toward your parents and how you grew up or maybe some of the ways that they treated you or mistreated you and you still have a resentment, honey, that's grief right there. (sighs) There is something that you are not addressing that needs to be processed before you can move beyond it and land in that place of acceptance. So again, make sure you listen back to episode 338 to hear a little bit more about that. So I want to uh, just review quickly, listen to my official paperwork. <laughs> that, I, I thought that was just a soundbite. <laughs> actually you? That's, you can see me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So a couple of ways that growth, uh, grief shows up, and I just wanted to throw this out there just in case anybody's like, I already know what it is, and skips 338, which, ew, you don't follow directions. So tons of different ways, changes in health, changes in your capabilities of things that you can do, even changes that are good. Sometimes we were talking about mourning the loss of actually losing an ailment that you always identified with, something like that, dealing with any type of rejection, changes in jobs, dealing with a change with somebody that you love. For instance, they received a diagnosis or they moved away or their child gets married. Somebody you know went through something. I know for us, we had some friends who went through a divorce and my God, we had to grieve that as well. You know, even though we weren't going through it, we had to really acknowledge and be a part of it. Yeah. And any any really any type of loss, big or small, even if you're gaining something else desirable, we talked about this too. Even if you are, let's say, moving to another state because you got an amazing job and you are leaving a job that you know is a dead end, you don't want to be there anymore. It's likely that there's still going to be a, a multitude of emotions that come up that need addressing. Childhood trauma, trauma of any kind, calls for grief. Loss of any type of relationship, whether it's colleagues, siblings, family members, friendships, absolutely call for grief. Of course, death, changes in life roles. If you are becoming a parent or you are having an empty nest for the first time or you've started a caretaking role for somebody in your life or you've let go of a caretaking role, there oftentimes is grief that will be in direct proximity to that. Changes in material possessions, whether you lose something material or you gain things, sometimes you will have a grief of who you were prior. 
uh, we've talked about this, like being bummed out when you get rid of your first car mm. and you you oh, get yeah. you get like the adult car and you're so <laughs> pumped and excited, but then there's this part of your heart that's kind of breaking for getting rid of that first car. What was car. your car's name? Dimple or no? It was Hail Mary. Hail Mary. Because it that's right. <laughs> it looks like it had. <laughs> we just actually talked about this on not another. A self-help podcast, which is, by the way, my joint podcast that I do with my bestie. That's funny. But Most we, of the time because it's my stories. It's not. It's no. Funny. Stop it. I will not allow it. <laughs> I will not allow it. So the uh, the car, we talked about some of our first cars. And one of my first cars we called Hail Mary because it was in a hailstorm. And it had and all those little dimples in it. It looked like it had cellulite. Cellulite. On the top of the car. All right. So. Changes, uh, geographical changes, moving, even if it's a different city, changes in uh, life roles. I mentioned that one. So just being aware that it might show up in ways that you don't naturally think of grief uh, showing up as. Hmm. All right. And then just a quick review on the stages of grief. And then we're going to jump into how to actually process this stuff. Okay. The five stages of grief, and this is from the work of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who wrote on death and dying and also on grief and grieving. We'll link to both of those, actually, in the show notes. She is kind of the pioneer behind stages of loss, and it has informed multitudes of different modalities and practices uh, from hypnotherapy to psychotherapy all around the board. Her methodology has been really used and it's quite sound and i think you you might resonate with it so five stages are okay number one is denial and oftentimes with denial we move through that fairly quickly not always we Mm -hmm. either get locked in that one and it's just you have never got moved beyond that or you move beyond it fairly quickly then we've got the next three stages which is where you likely are. This is where we reside most of the time. Anger is number two. Number three is bargaining. Mm. And this is where you're essentially running away from what you're dealing with. So you start going, oh, well, maybe, maybe if we work on this, we can still be friends. Or, you know what, maybe I should call her up. Or maybe I should call him up. Or maybe we can work on this. It's kind of a maybe. Maybe it sounds kind of like that, (laughs) but it's essentially you not wanting to look at what the reality is. All right. Anger, I said, number two, bargaining, number three, sadness and or depression for number four. And the reason I like to word it as sadness is because depression seems like, whoa, intense, clinical. Yikes. I don't know if I'm in that stage just because I gave up my car or I changed jobs. But there usually is some sort of element of, of sadness, right? And then number five is acceptance. So these three in the middle, anger, bargaining, sadness, those show up. And we tend to run around in between those three back and forth before we ever get to the place of acceptance. Acceptance, okay. So if you find yourself making excuses or not really dealing with something, you're probably bargaining. If you find yourself getting really worked up about something, really angry and pissed, particularly if it's something from your past, you know, like that job, that boss who did you dirty and like they fired you and you can't believe it and you still get worked up when you think about it, mm-hmm. then you probably haven't completed that grief cycle. 
Or if you are in any type of sadness or despondence, now this is not always the case. So I want you to all look at everything I'm telling you through this lens and decipher, is this the case for you or not? But most of the time when we've been rejected or when we're dealing with any type of any type of loss of any kind or change, change of any kind, it can be positive or negative. There's something being called for to address. So what do we actually do to address it? Yeah, what do we do? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Well, <laughs> the, the first thing that you need to know, which most people hate, and this is something that I talk about nonstop in Deep Down and Dirty, which oh, is- What is Deep Down and Dirty? Oh, I'm so, again, glad you asked. <laughs> Deep Down and Dirty is my signature program. It's the only way that I work with clients. And it is a very intimate group program. I never take more than 10. There's usually about seven or eight people who are in it at a given time. And it's really for people who are done with the constant self-doubt, the constant investment in what everybody else thinks, feeling not enough, people-pleasing, perfectionism, trying to control everything, constantly achieving, 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 and coming up empty. Uh, And largely, the overall thing that I hear from people the most commonly is, I don't believe that I'm enough. I don't believe I'm enough. I don't believe that I'm worthy. I don't believe that I'm deserving. And this process takes you into the place where you actually do. People say all the time, like, I'm enough, and I don't don't deserve that, and I'm not going to tolerate that. And it's Mm -hmm. amazing to hear them say that, juxtaposed against how they were when they first started. Right. So if that's you and you're like, holy shit, 2020 has to be different. I cannot keep going down this sad path and keep checking off boxes and wondering why I'm not happy and why I'm so miserable. Then go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. I have a completely free masterclass available for you. And I talk about this process and about how the conscious mind works versus subconscious and how a lot of people, maybe even you, collect personal development. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's a great idea. Oh, sounds good. Okay. Now that I'm at my doctor's appointment, I'll just turn off this podcast and go right back to whatever the (laughs) fuck I'm doing. Yep. There is a reason why the people who are, quote, successful in this world have coaches and have mentors. They have people in their corner helping them stay accountable, not just collecting good ideas. So anyway, if any of that hits home and you want to believe in your own enoughness and believe that your voice matters, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Have a watch through it. I think it would be hugely insightful for you. And be sure to have a pen and paper, too. Okay. So something that we talk about a lot in Deep Down and Dirty is this idea of allowing your emotions. And our society tells us not to feel. It tells us we really only want happiness, right? So many of you listening can go, I, I remember growing up in a house like that. It was like, if you throw a tantrum, if you are sad, go to your room and work it out. All we want out here is we want you in a good fucking mood and we want you happy. We're not taught as kids like, okay, let's work through this pain. What's going on? Tell me how you're feeling. Here's a healthy way to process. Mm -hmm. Here's how you deal with fear. Here's how you deal with sadness. Here's how you deal with anger. No, we're told don't rock the boat. We don't need to do any of that. Don't let let anyone see you cry. Mm -hmm. Boys don't cry. It's vulnerable to cry. It's, you know, it's weakness. Yeah, and uh, ironically... And I think 
you know, hopefully everyone in their lifetime finds this, it's actually a strength. It is. Yeah. In my opinion, and I, you may have heard me say this before, I think it takes a unbelievable amount of strength and bravery and courage to emote in a world that does not foster right. it, that doesn't sure. applaud it. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard me say this before too, but when you watch anybody who's being interviewed on any, anything on television, whether it's a newscast or you know a documentary, and they start to tear up, the first thing they say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. They apologize. We apologize for emoting. I get that all the time. Right. Yeah. And oh, oh my gosh, it just, um, excuse me, I'm sorry. You can't be with my emotion. We can't be with one another in these intense feelings. So what I want you to hear more than anything else is that emotions are never, ever wrong. They're never wrong. They are simply just messaging. Even anger, even rage, even shame, it's never wrong. It's simply uncomfortable. Hmm. And so we're used to going, holy fuck, how can I not feel this? Let me drink this away. Let me work this away. Let me parent this away. Let me yeah. distract myself so I do not feel this. And what nobody has told you is that when you actually feel your feelings and give them space, and I'm going to tell you exactly what the hell that even means. You move past it so much faster. You get to the other side where you are healed, where you have acceptance, where you can be wildly more creative. I don't yeah. know if anyone can resonate with this. Anyone who is their own independent business owner or it has thrown themselves into any type of project that's kind of up and down. Man, I'll tell you, every single time that I have a massive breakdown in my career where I am like, ah, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, no one's ever going to want to do this class or, you know, whatever it has been in the past. I have this epic breakdown where I give myself the freedom to ball my eyes out. I journal about it. I talk about it. I process it. And then magically... It's like the Phoenix rising. The skies part and the angels start singing. Just kidding. And God's booming voice comes out through the clouds. That's right. That's right. Yes. That's when you get your massive downloads. That's when you get so excited about, oh my gosh, you know what I could do? Or here's what I could try in this, this way. Or here's this genius new idea. Mm -hmm. But we don't get that. Unless we allow ourselves to just sit in the muck for a while. That's right. Now, I don't think that by any stretch that that's easy or our natural instinct or that it is always convenient. It's not something that you can just, you know, let's say you're at work and you got sideswiped and somebody calls a meeting and you weren't at all prepared for the meeting and you wanted to go through a bunch of notes and you just feel completely out of control and kind of taken advantage of, right then in the moment, it's probably not the best option to just ball your eyes out right there. Yeah, right, right, right. So sometimes we do have to squash it down a little bit, but do not get it twisted. That shit is not gone. Right. Yeah. That shit is not gone. And you see this all the time too. We've both seen this in our family members who have completely manifested disease because of decades of not processing emotional stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 
Energy, as we know, scientifically, cannot be created or destroyed. It can just change. Right. So that grief is not going anywhere, but it can be transmuted. It can change into something positive. You have to work with it. Okay, so I'll get off my soapbox about that. Here's the other thing that I want you to know about emotional intelligence and about processing emotion. I I was actually just talking to a student about this today. I think this is one of the most hardest things to decipher in personal development. And that is when to give yourself the expanse to sink into an emotion that's uncomfortable Mm. and when to positive self-talk yourself out of how you're feeling. That's a great question. It is so challenging to know which one is the right answer. However, if the emotion is really potent, for example, you are seething, you just got really bad news, you're really frustrated, you are feeling the prickliness on yourself, or you're unbelievably embarrassed, or you feel racked with shame, or incredibly depressed, something like that, an intensity of emotion, it usually means process it now, like actually be with it. So if a lot of what we're talking about here is the two primary emotions with, with grief. Anger, I think I mentioned this last week, anger is actually a secondary emotion. Yeah. Meaning that, do you know? There's just another deeper layer to that, and it's just manifesting as. That's right. Yeah. Very good, Mr. Smith. <laughs> I listen. The, so it, it means that there's a primary emotion underneath. So anger usually is our, mo- it's, it's our most easily accessible emotion. So we tap into that when there's something underlying that's discouraged, shame, guilt, fear, embarrassment, you know, all sorts of stuff. We can sure. usually access anger faster. So a lot of times we have to excavate behind that and look at what is it that I'm really feeling. Sometimes it's disappointment. Mm-hmm. You know, really hoping that something would have panned out that didn't. So for an example of that would be, let's say if I did not get a a speaking gig that I wanted or an acting an acting gig that I wanted. Of course, I'm going to be bummed out about that. But my first instinct might be anger. Like, what the fuck? I was the mm-hmm. best person for the job. You totally see my credentials. You know, you've seen my reel. You've seen that. It might be anger. But then if I look behind it and go, wait a minute, what is this really? I'm really disappointed. I'm just straight up disappointed. Sure. That's what's really happening here is it was something that I wanted and I didn't get. Right. All right. So. You have to always look behind behind that anger. Hmm. But no matter what the, that emotion is, if it is super potent and intense, you have to address it versus going, you know what? It's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. I'm proud of you <laughs> no matter what. And you go get it, girl, or whatever self-talk you say. And that it's not necessarily a bad thing because sometimes you need those in the moment if you can't ball your eyes out in the business meeting sure, or in front of your in-laws or whatever it is. Sometimes you do have to call in those Band-Aids, but they are not fixing the wound. They are not fixing the wound. Right. All right. So, however, if there's something that's coming up that you can see with crystal clear vision, I know what's happening. My inner critic is really going after me right now. I have every capability of killing it in this interview or killing it in this work meeting or presentation that's when you call in that positive self-talk right 
Now, you can also use positive self-talk when when you are feeling your feelings by saying things like, so just because you're feeling something really awful doesn't mean you have to be a shithead to yourself. So one of the things that I'm telling myself constantly is you are allowed to feel the way you feel. Or, of course, you're, you're disappointed. You didn't get something that you wanted. Yeah. That is a positive self-talk statement. Talk to that inner child. Right. <laughs> so uh, if your self-talk is ever trying to make you wrong for how you feel or convince you not to feel that way, hmm. then you have sort of an issue. Because a lot of times people will do that, too. Other people will say, you shouldn't be upset about that. Right. Yeah. And they tell you, you how to discount feel. Discount it. Right. Yeah. And it's incredibly mm-hmm. dismissive. So no, 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 no. Nobody gets to tell you how you feel. And <laughs> you're always 100% responsible for how you choose to deal with it. This so if true. you lash out at somebody, if you go key somebody's car or burn their clothes, then yeah, you're responsible for that. That's for sure. not a healthy way to deal with anger. You absolutely need to allow yourself to feel those feelings. The second thing is to decipher between when it is a time, and almost always if we're dealing with a grief, when it is a time to feel through it versus, you know, try to see the bright side and be really positive. That's okay. usually not the step during grief. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And, you know, there's a great sort of analogy with this too. If you've ever seen, I know you have, but Family Guy, when uh, Stewie, is the, Stewie. Stewie, the little baby who has a British accent, which is hilarious, he's trying to get his mom's attention and he's like, mom, mommy, mom, mom. Mom, mama, mama. What? <laughs> hey. <laughs> and just kind of. Just, just wanted to say hi. He just wants to say hi. That is what is happening with our emotions. Anger, sadness, they are showing up to say, hey, we need you to fucking pay attention to this thing that just went down. Mm. We need you to address this. They're not there to be pushed away. But if you keep doing it, it's like that little baby going, hey, 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 hey. Right, just poking at you. Hey. Hey, which then makes us do what? Drink more, try to work more, you know, do do things that are detrimental to our health to not feel. Depress that irritation or whatever it was, yeah. We do physical things, physical feeling things to counteract emotional feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Right. I just kind of put that together. (laughs) God, I'm smart sometimes. Okay. (laughs) So what we can do about this, this is number three, controlled emoting. This is one of my absolute favorite things to suggest. And I'm going to talk about ways to do that for both anger and sadness in particular, because that's what we're working on. And this is an assignment that I give a lot of times to my students in Deep Down and Dirty, because pretty much everyone's dealing with some level of loss. Yep. Something, some sort of change in their life that they need to process. And if grief, again, sounds too dramatic for you, just say, change I need to process. That's all we're talking about. Okay. Grief I need to deal with, change I need to process. All right. So controlled emoting is basically where you have a space for yourself to actually feel what you're feeling, but you do it in the utmost safe environment for you. So a couple of examples for anger. If you're really furious, you can really beat the shit out of your bed, like do a big sort of emotional release and have a temper tantrum. Why are you stabbing your bed? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> because I'm incredibly kinesthetic. Read, read, and read, I know, read, read. Because it would normally be both my arms going I, uh, like this. 
<laughs> but I have one. It just looked like you were stabbing the bed. I know. Don't do that, people. Okay. Don't, don't, don't it's harm destructive. your. No harming of the bedding. <laughs> A little beating is not going to hurt it. You don't want to stab it. But it's one of the things why, uh, one of the reasons why kickboxing was so helpful for me is because it was such a kind of violent act yeah. that I could protect get release. so much anger. It really was helpful for me around a lot of political stuff. <laughs> 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 so I was able to kind of get that out. Uh, I've seen people, and I've suggested this, go to the dollar store, get a bunch of glass things, and go to some area where you can just break a bunch of glass mm. and just uh, destroy shit can yeah, be incredibly yeah. helpful. Like your in-law's house. Yeah. <laughs> Egg someone's house. No, yeah. don't do that. No, no. Amy said, no, I did not say that. <laughs> Anything physical, especially high intensity uh, interval training, high intensity aerobics, any sort of physical activity that's high intensity. Typically not yoga. That doesn't help you ex- expel anger as much. Uh, it's it's more of a high intensity emotion, so it calls for high intensity activity. Interesting, because you would think that you would want to counteract with something ne- uh, on the other side of the spectrum, right? Yeah, no, it really isn't because it's it's creating a release. Hmm. Because most of the time, think about what we're doing: we're trying to stifle that anger. Right, right. We're right. trying to go. No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just breathe through it. Is so it just right. breathe? We're just yeah. we're trying to stifle and not acknowledge, hmm. and it's like trying to put a lid on of a volcano. It's like, just fucking let it out so we can deal with it, right? Yeah. Instead of it simmering all the time. Because guess what that looks like? That looks like snapping at your kids, snapping at your partner, being irritable with your best friend, being a little prickly around the edges. That's how it shows up until it becomes something really serious, like an addiction or an illness or an ailment. Yeah. All right? Really basic things like like a real violent scribble, grab some crayons, break crayons, scribble all over a big piece of paper. Nice. Another thing you can do if you're in a real anger moment but you can't do much with yourself is to do a body clench, like where you just tighten all of the muscles in your body as much as you can and then release and let go and do that a couple of times where you're having like a clench, 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 clench uh-huh. and release. You can start by going from head to toe if you want or toes all the way up to head and keep clenching, 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 clenching. Uh, Again, it's an intensity of your physicality. We did an exercise like that in in school and they likened it to uh, a sponge underneath of a faucet. Oh. And you fill the sponge with water, squeeze the sponge out. Fill the sponge with water, squeeze the sponge out. So you're kind of like getting everything out of the sponge that is toxic or dirt or grime or whatever, right? Right. Um, so you can do that with your physicality too by clenching, tightening, let everything go. You're stopping your vascularity, your circulation for a moment, and then letting it flush through again. And yes. that gives some velocity to the circulation, which pushes things. Another great one, one of my favorites, you just have to make sure you have the right environment for it, is a primal scream. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do that in church. Maybe you do. I don't know. I don't, depends what you subscribe to. <laughs> yeah, really nice primal scream. Usually I'll say go for a drive and park somewhere where nobody can hear you. Make Not sure, in the forest, though. Make sure you're safe. Stay yeah. out of the fucking forest, stay you guys. Of, yeah, stay out of the forest. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but 
just parking somewhere where nobody can hear you and like cause alarm or something like that. But the whole idea behind controlled emoting is where you're setting it up on your parameters instead of feeling like it's in control of you. You're going, no, 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 I'm going to physically release this and allow it to move beyond my body instead of keeping it confined. Yeah, yeah. If you have a body worker that you can, you trust, you could do that to help process anger. Absolutely. If you have a therapist or a life coach, or there's tons of different holistic healing methodologies that can help you with processing of anger, a lot of it is around the deliberate attention to the emotion versus the running away from it. Oh, yeah. Or like, oh, I'm just dealing with it. I'm just dealing with it. And we're just dismissive. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But just sinking into it. Another great option for that is writing out all the things you're pissed at. Hmm. One of the things that I've heard from my students is they're like, gosh, if I write out all the things I'm mad at my mom for, oh, I just feel so guilty. And yeah, you just don't want to do it in her car. Right? <laughs> in the forest. <laughs> don't want to write it on the side of her car. No. Yeah. Don't write it on the side yeah, of her yeah. car. But the, the thing about that is when you don't really address all of that anger or upset that you may have had around your childhood, let's say. Guess who's really snarky with mom in text messages or who's short with her when you see her? Mm. You are. So when you actually write that out, you are doing that in service of peace and acceptance. Not, it's not at all something to feel guilty about. You've done nothing wrong. All you are doing is expelling that emotion. Not dissimilar to getting rid of food that's not sitting well with your body. And we resist and we resist and we resist. We don't want to throw up. I don't want to throw up. I don't. And every fucking time we do, we feel so much better. Yeah. And then we're able to consume more food the, that's the healthy right for food. us. The yeah, right yeah. food. Exactly. So I get it that there's a natural resistance, but please know that you are moving towards peace when you actually employ some of these tactics. I like it. Another. So moving to controlled emoting for sadness. Sadness is almost always helped with a really, really good cry. And I, I might have mentioned this before, too. I love watching, watching something on YouTube, videos of inspiration, people who... Win compilations or something like that, yeah. Yeah, win compilations. Ellen always has tearjerker moments yeah. where it could be not related at all to what I'm processing, but it evokes the tears I need. And then i able to get it out of my system, especially if I had a cry brewing and I had to squash it because I was teaching or because mm -hmm. I was trying to be present for something and it wasn't ideal. I know that it's still there. It's like that volcano needing to release. And so then that becomes my responsibility. So I've had tons of students where I'm like, okay, assignment, controlled emoting, get to it. But do it where you can lock your partner out, lock your uh, kids out of your room, <laughs> or where you don't have to be at work, or you don't have to be, quote, on for anything, and you can just give yourself that freedom. It is unbelievably healing. Unbelievably healing. For sure. I had uh, one student who was like, this is going to be on the docket like every weekend <laughs> or every so while, at least <laughs> yeah. once a month, you know, where I just give myself the freedom to feel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even with powerful. the influx of social media, we are distancing ourselves more and more from our emotional current by being separate from one another in how we converse and how like our banter and all of that. 
So it Hashtag is trolling. It, it, <laughs> you're funny when you do that shit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so having a good cry. Sadness also, depending on how you operate, it can be unbelievably healing to get it out of your body. So talking with a therapist, talking with a coach, talking with somebody who is a safe place to land, not turning to mom because you always turn to mom and she fucking lets you down all the time. (laughs) No, speak your truth into ears that can hear you. The people who are not going to make you wrong, who are going to allow you to be a mess, you're always so great because as we've both learned about emotional intelligence, if I need a really good cry, you're like, all right, come on, let it out, you know, and you'll just hold the (laughs) space. I know that's such a coachy thing to say, but you'll allow it in your presence. That's what it really means. And you won't, you won't get weird and uncomfortable and you don't get like, don't cry, babe. Oh, I can't stand to see you like that. Well, it's not fucking about you. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? So find those people and pay them if you have to, because there are people who are trained in that way. Absolutely. And I've I've had that happen with numerous students where they're like, I feel fucking seen for the first time. Yeah. For no other reason besides allowing them to feel what they feel in front of me. It's pretty crazy. And you do the same thing with with body work and really and emotional releases. Yeah, yeah. Mine is that people come in with the number syndrome, meaning that they're just a number. Western medicine is treating them like a number. Here's the protocol for your symptoms, yeah. right? And they're not treating them like a person. Yes. And then when they come in to see me and I treat them like a person and I'm like, you're perfect just the way you are, instead of here's all the things that are wrong with you, Right. then all of a sudden all those emotions start to come forward. That's right. Because there was some vulnerability that happened, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, vulnerability nearly always yields more vulnerability. Absolutely. You know, it's like attracting like. Okay, so number three, controlled emoting. Number four, gratitude and forgiveness work. There's an entire week of on this in Deep Down and Dirty. Forgiveness is one of the most powerful things that you can do around grief, period. Particularly dealing with the, that anger and that sadness. Because... Most of the time when we're feeling that way, we are in blame. We are blaming somebody else. The antithesis to that is forgiveness. That's exactly right. So to actually say, hey, that was some shitty stuff you did in my upbringing, or I'm really disappointed that I got passed over for that position. That should not have happened. I'm really upset about that. But working towards forgiveness. And let me tell you something about forgiveness. It is not overnight. It is a decision. It is absolutely a decision. It's as simple as a decision. But practicing forgiveness, practicing that decision takes time. I'm going to link to a forgiveness pod that I've done specifically on forgiving yourself and then also one that I've done on forgiving other people because you can have grief around both of those things, something that you've done in your past that you're not proud of, uh, maybe decisions that you've made that you might still really, really need to grieve. And a Mm -hmm. huge element of that is forgiving and knowing that, hey, it's not that I would ever say that it's okay what I did or that I would ever do it again. But what I'm saying is I'm choosing not to suffer over that any longer. So there's an entire other pod for that, uh, two other pods, I believe. But gratitude also can be really helpful. So looking back at, you know, I'll give you an extreme example. When my dad passed away, I obviously had a whole slew of grief and crazy emotions and sorrow. And 
I knew, though, that I had so much to be grateful for, and I allowed that to coexist at the same time. So I was super grateful that he officiated our wedding. I was grateful that I was there when he died, and I got to witness that. I was grateful that I had no regrets, and there was nothing that I wished I would have said or done. At the same time, feeling sorrow and allowing both of those things to coexist. Yeah. Uh, So often we vote on our emotions and we think, oh, if I'm grateful, that means I'm not really mourning. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, bullshit labels that we put on our emotions. They're just messaging, y'all. Number four is gratitude and forgiveness work. And that's deep. Even looking back at whatever scenario transpired and, and looking at what are you grateful for within that situation. So, you know, maybe it's maybe it's a different change in your physical body and you are so grateful for the lessons that it's teaching you around loving your body in any form. Right. So there's always something to be grateful for. And there's almost always forgiveness work to be done. If I may, I have a little story about that. Make it quick. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Got 30 seconds. Go. 29, 28. All right. So I, I broke my arm in 2013, as you know. Yeah, I could have easily been like, "Oh man, that ruined career ender career." It, it you know changed my life. It had a, a. I'm not gonna be able to do this ever again. It could have easily been that way. Yep. But I look back on it, and I'm really grateful that it happened. Right. Because it changed so many facets of my life. Yes. It changed my view on fulfillment of my career. It changed the relationship that we have. Yep. It changed our the way we look at money, our finances. It changed family boundaries. It, it started our travel, our, our uh, journey here. That's right. To North Carolina. Absolutely. There was so many things that happened from that moment, even yeah. though it was a devastating moment. And racked with grief. And racked with grief. So... I kind of look at it that way, like, oh, how, how grateful am I? Yeah. And, and I saw a comment. It was like a Facebook post or something. And it said, gratitude equals longitude. Oh, interesting. And what they meant by that was, when you're grateful, you live longer. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. And, you know, depending on where you're at in the grief cycle, like if you just got passed over for a job, you got to go through the anger. Go through that, yeah, yeah. You're not Absolutely. quite at that gratitude place. Yeah, you're you're not quite grateful. at that forgiveness place. Yeah. So that these are in an order for a reason. Really acknowledge where you're at in these this stage of change because you wouldn't have been able to be grateful the way you are now back then. Yeah. You know, it no, no, literally took years. I, I did go through my depression. I did go through, go through those Absolutely. stages of, oh, I'm never going to be able to work again in this field. Until you get to the acceptance. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. And then number five, quite simply, get support. And that can look a ton of different ways, but it can be, uh, depending on the, the level of what you're contending with, it can be just about having really great close friends that you can speak your truth to. It can be clergy. It can be mentors, coaches, therapists. It can be in all sorts of arenas, right? And pay for it if you need to. You know, that's one thing that you and I are like, if it comes to our health, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, any of it, I will throw money at that because that is the most important thing to heal. Yep. And it really, really does interconnect and affects all the other areas. So quick little recap. Number one, allow yourself to feel your emotions. Do not vote on them and judge them. They are just messaging. Number two. 
gauge whether the emotion is super intense and sharp. That means that it's being called for addressing versus when you just need to positive self-talk yourself out of it. Okay. It's usually not the latter during a grief transition. Number three, use control emoting. Number four, do some gratitude and forgiveness work. And number five, get support. And again, if any of that stuff hits home and you're in any type of transition or change that has, has been trying for you, some of this is probably being called for some decent emotional intelligence and, uh, you can survive it, I promise. Right. So if you're in that place at all, please be sure to check out thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Watch that through. And then at the very, very end, you'll see an opportunity to book a call with one of my uh, staff members to have a, a complimentary session, see where you're at, see if Deep Down and Dirty is a good option for you. So yeah, I think that's just about it. Anything else you wanted to add into I don't mix? think so. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Ms. Smith, out. 